Okay, welcome back to Should Have Acted for the uh, Spring Carnival debut. A bit of a short and sharp format for this spring. We'll be doing one ahead of Derby Day, ahead of the Cup, ahead of Champions Day, and then uh, hopefully the new Thousand Guineas Day as well. Let's head across to our experts. Boys, I'll get you to uh, kick it off with uh, one of your uh, personal or sporting highlights of the last few months. Uh, and then also your highlight of the Spring Carnival so far. So we'll start with you, uh, Big V, our uh, our racing expert, the Herald Sun racing editor. What, what, what have you got for us? Uh, so hi, John. Hi, Phil. Let's get straight into it. Yeah, I think the, the highlight of the Spring so far for me has been the, the Caulfield Cup. I thought that battle between Without a Fight and West Wind Blows was absolutely thrilling, even though I was on West Wind Blows after being on Without a Fight to start before. I think I won't let that detract from the finish. It's great to be back, boys. Good to see you, John. And, uh, yeah, first time I've seen Big V since my sporting highlight of the last couple of months, the AFL Grand Final. Hope you're doing okay, mate. And uh, watching the races is making you feel a bit better when you're picking all those winners there with the Herald Sun. But my highlight from a racing perspective was definitely last week's Cox Plate. Um, We saw, you know, Australia's finest and Hong Kong's finest uh, you know, have a, an amazing race around uh, Mooney Valley. I think, you know, we had the first seven horses within a length of a half of each other. And, you know, the absolutely thrilling finish between Romantic Warrior, Mr. Brightside, and Alligator Blood. I actually thought Mr. Brightside got it on the line. So um, I was a little bit surprised when I saw Romantic Warrior jump there into, into number one. But, yeah, I was on and I think a lot of people were. So, yeah, thrilling late race. Great to see an international just nab him, But, what a great field! Hard to hard to pick a, a winner at the start. You know, all all our favourite horses in that race, and they all performed uh, just about to their best. So we'll have more to sort of say later in the series about the highlights, you know, of the carnival and how it's shaped up and what the legacy will be going forward. Uh, but I think you've got us off to a good start there, boys. Phil, one quick one before we launch into the race tips: um, Are you a Kiss fan for life now? Uh, look, Kiss were exceptional. Uh, I thought they might have played a little bit more than three songs, but it was a hot day and their their pyrotechnics were, were scorching. So they did well to get through those three songs. But I'll always be a number one Lionel Richie fan back from 2010. But, you know, Kiss have got a special place now. I thought that might be the case. Okay, so today's format, we're going to go through the three Group 1s at Flemington this week. We'll get the uh, the expert tips there. We're also going to get uh, a tip from the undercard from them as well. And then we'll shoot up to Sydney where there's a very, very big race going on at Rose Hill Gardens tomorrow as well. So we'll start with in, in race book order, but also probably the, the biggest race of the day. I'll let you boys comment on that as well. We start with the three-year-old Group one, Coolmore Stud Stakes up the Flemington Straight. And uh, give us your tips, boys, and anyone else you're looking out for in the race. Phil, we might go to you first for this. Yeah, you mentioned it is Derby Day, but I think this is probably the highlight for me on the card. I do like my sprints, and there's nothing better than seeing, you know, 19, 20 horses run down the Flemington Straight. Uh, as always, it's a really open race this year. We've got 19 starters, and It'll be hard to know where to look, I think, at multiple times. And, I, um, I, you know, the, the caller will have a lot of fun with that. But uh, I think probably the Everest form is where people naturally gravitate to these days. Coming out of the Everest, we saw Home Affairs run really well in this race a couple of years back out of the Everest. Um, Cylinder has started, uh, opened up as the favourite at about $4.60. It's probably where I'm looking at this stage. I thought it ran really well, only a length and a half away 
from that Everest winner. Um, Shinzo obviously comes out of that race as well and performed really well. King's Gambit came from a, a different sort of route, but, you know, if it can get there and it's a hot day at Flemington, but it can sort of, you know, be keep its cool and, and not, you know, get too warm before the start, it, it, it's in the contest as well. But I've probably landed on Cylinder. I'm staying away from the Guineas form. I know, Corbs, you like the Guineas form into this race, but I'll probably stick with Cylinder. With Arkansas Kid as a bit of a roughie at $41, good win last start, excuses start before, and often this race can throw off a little bit of a, a surprise. Yeah, I don't normally like a Guineas lead into this race, but I just I do rates to party. I just wonder whether maybe they uh, they felt like it went a shot too far in the uh, in the Guineas. Chris, how do you see the race? I think I see it pretty much the same as Phil. I think the Everest form stands out, and either Cylinder or Shinzo wins. A Cylinder's got the more ideal draw, being out wide, but Shinzo's only had two starts this prep, so I think he's got another peak to come. And King's Gamble was a lot better last start, but I think he's a shade below the top two. And I'm ruling out the, the Caulfield Guineas form. I don't. I just Horses that are dropping back from 1,600 into the Coolmore, they don't win. And I learnt my lesson years ago with Rich Enough. If Rich Enough couldn't do it, then I, I don't think there's many others that can. And Because I, I just think it's not a good setup for them against these sharper sprinters. Weekend Hustler did all right at it, but uh, but we are going break. back in the history yeah, books yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Break. yeah. <laughs> you need to get to be able to do it. Absolutely. So the race day is named for the Derby, the classic that's been around for about 160 years now, 2,500 metres, also for three-year-olds. Uh, we are going to have a bit of a quick chat at the end about the future of the Derby, but uh, but let's get into the race itself. Chris, your mic is hot, so why don't you go first? What are you looking for in the classic tomorrow? Well, it's not a strong derby, and I don't think anything's backing up from the spring champion stakes. So it looks like this might be the, the race for Riff Rocket. He should come out on top, but I'm not getting excited with the price. You know, maybe if he does get out to 280 or some somewhere around there, I might have a have a look. But he looks the one. I think Verdad went too hard last start, so I think um, worth forgiving him. Apulia won that race, but has to back up three weeks in a row. So that horse is the one I might be willing to take on here. And I think Sunsets and Gates are probably the blowout hopes here. Not too much here, not a lot of depth. I think Riff Rocket should win and have have enough talent. So I assume from that that you were, we're saying that the uh, the Norman Robinson or whatever it's called now is a bit of an anomaly, but I'll, I'll let you comment on that one, Phil, as well. What I want to comment on is if if Tom Kitten was in this race, I would be very excited because it would be a great bet. Unfortunately, didn't make the trip down to Melbourne after its big win, Group 1 win last week. Uh, in terms of the race itself, I, I agree with Big V. For me, it's probably just a watch race at this, this year, to be honest. I, I couldn't find too many at odds that I wanted to single out to get excited about. Riff Rocket does look the obvious, but $2.35 at the moment doesn't screen value so yeah probably a watch race this year the derby it's always a great race um but not one i've traditionally been too successful in i can probably have to think back to efficient before, <laughs> to, uh, to find the last time i backed the derby winner well that, that's that's part of the issue and we will we will touch on that at the end of the episode including the fact that tom kitten uh isn't running because you'd have to you'd have to assume if 
the Spring Championship up in Sydney was in its traditional time slot. Tom Kitten will be there tomorrow. All right, we'll get back to that later. The next race is now known as the Empire Rose. It used to be the Maya Classic. It's for fillies and mares. There are no fillies in it this year. It's entirely for mares. Uh, to the naked eye, it looks like a pretty even field. $6 the field. Phil, how are you seeing this one? Yeah, it's another it's another tough race. If you're in the quaddy tomorrow and um you probably need to go wide in a couple of legs, I think, to to make sure that you've you've covered a number of these runners. As you said, six dollars the field. Very open race. I don't think anything comes into it, you know, with you know, a picket fence in terms of wins either. So we saw Princess Grace go around at a dollar sixty recently and and get done. Um, a tissue didn't run it up to its usual standards last start, had excuses. And an alcohol-free is a bit of the uh, the wild card, I think, and currently sits there at $6 as one of the favourites and is probably the one I'm looking at most keenly at the moment. Um, the race will be run at speed. There's a lot of speed in the race, and I think swoopers will get advantage. So I think that really brings a tissue into it as well, which probably is reflected by its price. And the forgotten horse is definitely hinged at $23, I think. Uh, you know, it wasn't too long ago that that was one of the boom horses in a, in Australia. I know it hasn't won in a while, but I can just see it maybe popping up at odds in this race. I was just thinking when we were, when I was watching the Cox Plate that I was so unused to seeing Fangirl run around without Hinged in the same race, and I was thinking, is Hinged even still around these days? But clearly, they've worked out how to uh, that stable's worked out how to split them. Well, and, and it's start last start. It, Probably doesn't look good on paper, but actually it was sneaky good, um, particularly where it was in running. So, look, it isn't my top pick. Alcohol freeze that, but certainly would be in my quaddy. Chris, what's your uh, take on the race? And I'd love your thoughts on alcohol free because it's uh, it, it's for, it gets talked about an awful lot, and I haven't seen it do much. Yeah, this is a typically tough mares race, and uh, I swore I'll never have another bet in the Empire Rose, but it is very tough. But I do think the city form is the strongest, and I have gone with alcohol-free on top as well. I thought that was a much better run last start over the 1,400 metres in the invitation. I mean, it started with two runs over 1,200. That's not suitable against our type of sprinters here. And I, I just thought, if you go back to her first start run in Australia, she was a beaten favourite in the Queen of the Turf, Queen of the Turf, which uh, a teacher a tissue and hoping your heart ran the Quinella. But I, I think there was excuses there being a first start in Australia. I think uh, three runs here now goes back up to 1600. I think we're going to see a lot better run from alcohol free. And I think she'll get a perfect run behind the leaders. Hoping your heart I've got for second. I think she's a great chance as well. Barrier one might be a concern, but there's good tempo here. So I think the field's going to break up and there won't be any hard luck stories with hoping your heart. And a tissue makes out, uh, rounds out my trifecta. Nice work, boys. Okay, so that's the group ones under control. Uh, traditionally, well, let's hope it's under control. We'll see, I guess. Uh, tr- traditionally, uh, Derby Day is a loaded undercard. I do think they've started shuffling the decks a bit uh, with, with the Flemington Carnival, but there's still a lot of horses running around, so we've still got full fields, etc. Chris, have you got something you like from the rest of the Flemington card? Yeah, I've gone with race four, Triple Missile, and I, I thought his first up run gave me the impression that this might be the target for him. I was on Spacewalk last start, but I, I think 1,100 metres uh, is the max for him. So that's why I'm siding with Triple Missile here. And Phil? 
just as a side note, if uh, Big V jumps off a horse he was on last start, it means it will win the next start. So Spacewalk has got to be a chance in that race. But I'll go to the next race, which is race five, the Edward Manifold. And I think the number one there, the the Cummings James McDonald double with Zardozzi looks a clear top pick in that race. Currently 260, and uh, this is an occasion I would be happy to take that price. Uh, just just for the punters playing at home, Phil is referring to the wakeful stakes with that race. What did I call it? The Edward Manifold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there you go. The wakeful it is. Sorry, yeah. my bad. No, all good, all good. Okay, now, the uh, the richest race of the day is actually up in Sydney. It's the four-year-old championship or the uh, the quasi uh, four-year-old championship known as the Golden Eagle run out at Rose Hill Gardens. Over 1,500 metres, four-year-olds only. It's assembled a pretty good field. It normally does get a good field. I'm keen to get your take on this race, boys. Phil, we might start with you. Yeah, you haven't given me any easy races to start with today, Cole. This is another absolutely mind-bending sort of race. 20 starters or 19 with a scratching of attrition there. But again, um, you've got Hawaii 5-0 as the favourite at $4. But I'm probably happy to risk the favourite in this race and go right down the bottom of the field to the New Zealand filly or mare Legato. So $8. She came over and won the Australian Guineas last time in Australia and I was on that day and I'm happy to stick with her uh, given um, yeah her amazing sprint. But this is out to a $10 million race now, isn't it? So it's, it's, a, it's pretty amazing that we're, we're having races of, of that sort of prize money. Um, Amelia's Jewel, I was at the Caulfield Guineas Day and I saw her run. It was a very disappointing run that day at Caulfield. But I think if you're a fan, you wouldn't, uh, you'd be happy to stick with her and forgive her for that run. She certainly hadn't put a foot wrong before then. A um, couple of odds, I guess, at double figures would be a Kovalika or Ozopenko. They'd certainly be horses I'd think about for my quaddy. But I have Legato on top. Um, it was probably Amelia's Jewel second there. And not to mention, you know, um, the, one of the things about the prize money that's so staggering is that it's Victoria Derby Day, and yet by far and away the most prize money on offer is at another track around the country. Well, it probably covers the whole of Derby Day just about, I'd say, $10 million, but I haven't done the sums. No, we'll get the abacus out later. And it's worth calling out, uh, we did do an episode last season during the Autumn Carnival where I got these boys to uh, put forward their tips for the spring at outrageously early uh, time slot. And uh, I do think, Phil, I don't know if it was for the Golden Eagle, but I'm pretty sure you called out Legato for one of the big races ahead of the spring. So the fact that we've uh, moved forward six months and you're still on board would suggest you had a fair bit of foresight there. Uh, and I, I, I think from memory in that episode, without a fight, might have got a run in the Caulfield Cup, but uh, we'll have to go back to the archives to just confirm that. We'll dig in for that. We can always share it out. Chris, what's your take on the Golden Eagle? Well, Legato was probably the one I was going to take on a bit here because uh, I, I think she might be better suited on a bigger track. I don't know how she'll handle Rose Hill, but she's got a good barrier, so that that's in her favour. Uh, this is a tough race. I think the question mark is Amelia's Jewel. A month ago when there was all that debate whether she'll go to the Golden Eagle or the Cox Plate, you would have thought she would have been a certainty going to the Golden Eagle, but that last run in the Tour Act, she looked flat. She also had a couple of issues that might have contributed to that. So just whether she bounces back from that or, you know, this is a, an end of prep type run we're going to see here. But she draws well and I think that's the key for her. If she had a drawn wide again, uh, then I think you've got to oppose her. Hawaii 5-0 was excellent in the Everest but does have to step up from 1,200 to 1,500. Whereas other horses like Kovalika, Osipenko, Pericles, 
they've got that solid fitness base to handle you know a really high pressure race here and the japanese horse you can guarantee he'll be ready to go as well so a very open race oh if i've got to pick something i'm going to go with amelia's jewel but not with a lot of conviction there you go. Well said, boys. All right, we'll get up to the final furlong. To take us out, uh, I'll just get your take on whether you think the uh, derby distance is still fit for purpose. There's been a lot of discussion about the pattern and the impact on stallions and, and horses of running this far, this early in their three-year-old year. So, Chris, we might go to you first. What's your take? Would you leave it where it is or have you got a strong view there? Well, I think we keep it on the program where it is. I think derby days really has changed quite a bit over the last couple of years it used to have i think five group ones and four group ones now we've got three group ones so i think it is a day low on quality now so if you take away the derby or move it i think you're going to impact the day the distance is another question at the moment uh, i'm saying keep it at 2500 but it is a pretty weak derby this year and i think if we keep seeing that trend I'm going to be more and more open to reducing that distance, particularly, you know, with spring three-year-old races. They're, I don't think they're ready yet for 2,500 compared to when they're when they're in their autumn three-year-old season. Anything to add on that one, Phil? Yeah, I'd just say, look, it is a bit of a weaker edition and sometimes that brings criticism and conversation, but we still do have 16 horses in the field, so it's not like we're running around with six horses um, if Tom Kitten was down here um, and there was a way to get Tom Kitten down here, maybe I'd have a different view. But, yeah, I think happy to keep it at 2,500 at, at this stage. And, I mean, I, think, I guess the alternative is to bring it into something like 2,000. But I, I really don't know whether that would add or make much difference, to be honest. I just wonder, this is a bit radical. I'm just going to close the show with an absolute bombshell here. But I wonder whether or not they might look down the track at... Uh, the VRC might look at switching the Australian guineas in the autumn with the Carbine Club stakes, both 1,600-metre races for three-year-olds, the Carbine Club, the race one tomorrow, and then uh, and then parking the derby after the Carbine Club and the Alistair Clark in the autumn. So maybe after the, the Sydney derby and put it on Anzac Day or something. I don't know. There's, there's that, that, They've got to look at their options there because uh, they, uh, they th- this race is slowly de- de- declining and it's, it's not ideal. All right, boys, thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, as I said, we are a, a bit behind in, in launching for the spring, but we have got we are making time up very quickly. We'll have another show bef- with our listeners before Cup Day and then hopefully one for the Champions Day and the Thousand Guineas. Gents, thanks very much for joining us and thanks to our listeners. We'll speak to you before Cup Day. Good luck on the punt and gamble responsibly.